Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are pretty introspective, if I do say so myself. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird? I was just thinking about a time, I'm going to call it eight years ago. I don't know exactly how long ago it was. It could have been 10 years ago. We both kind of independently went to the same Bonnaroo and we got to hang out and honestly have a blast in our guest today's hometown of Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, you were there, what, you were performing in the comedy tent? I think I was doing stand-up, yes, in the comedy tent. And I was there working for the fixture company, Kohler. Shower fixture. And you had never heard of it before, which is really funny because it's a pretty popular... I had never heard of it. Yeah, an old editor of mine who's a friend, Randy, who is nice enough to hire me. And it was like a sponsored thing. And they had showers there. Like it was sponsored by Kohler. And you could, because it was like they had camping and stuff. You could like buy a shower. But then we had bands come there and like perform at the showers. And I would interview them. And it just happened to be the same year you were there performing. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And then our guest today 
was also performing stand-up. And I remember the comedy tent where we could perform stand-up. It was like the coolest spot at Bonnaroo. It was like very air-conditioned. And I remember also that the audience wasn't really into either mine nor... John's comedy, they're kind of like, uh, I don't know what they were looking for, <laughs> but they weren't getting it from us. They were drunk, I think. <laughs> yeah, they were drunk. And truly just wanted the AC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Well, then I remember, yeah, Judd Apatow was doing something with Gary Shandling. He brought out Eddie Vedder. Yeah, about Gary Shandling. He was working on About his... Gary Shandling. He was making that documentary about him. And I met Eddie Vedder and he was like, your sister's cool, man. He's like, you know, your sister's cool. And I was like, wow, Eddie Vedder. <laughs> that was pretty incredible. Yeah, that was pretty cool for me to have my cool older brother who loves music be told that I was cool by Eddie Vedder, who I guess I knew him from when we did this train wreck comedy tour. And when we went to Seattle, which he really lives there, Eddie Vedder. Right. So he's not like a poser. But the thing that I don't think you do know is that the last night I was working with some other people and you had some of us got us these like incredible spots for Pearl Jam. Yes. And they texted me right like three songs in and they were like, we're leaving. They were my ride. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm not going. And I slept in that comedy trailer. No. I slept in there and I used like the placement for the tables, like a blanket or something. I slept in this like disgust. Because like, remember they like closed everything down because there was like a storm. It was so weird. It would just close at night. I kind of remember this because I was going back to my hotel and I think I was with Gwen. There was something with like the shuttles stopped running or they weren't running enough. I had to be back there really early for work. And so I just slept in this weird trailer. Yeah. And then the next night, I think because this is no burn to Kohler unless they have a big CEO that we want to take down some week, but they like didn't really put you up enough or something. So I think the next night you stayed at my hotel room that I had been provided with. And I took a ride to the heart of Nashville, Tennessee to stay at our guest today's parents' house. Hmm, who drove me to our guest today's house? A little actor by the name of Jenna Von Oy. You may know her as Six from Blossom. <laughs> I think you're making a mistake here. She didn't drive you to my house. She did. Are you sure? Here's what happened. Okay, okay. <laughs> Jonah, so wait, somehow... I don't think I came to your hotel at all. You don't? No. Okay, then maybe just the last night I was there, I was like, I'm not staying at this hotel. I'm going to stay at John's house. I think that at some point, John, you were like, you can stay at my parents' house if you want. And I was like, I do. Yeah, yeah, that was huge. I do want to. <laughs> it was a huge step for us. It was a huge step for us. I think what happened was... I had connected with Jenna Van Oy over social media because I'm a huge fan of the show Blossom. And she was like, if you're ever in Nashville, let's get a drink. And naturally, I was in Nashville and she was like, let's get a drink when you're done with your Bonnaroo stuff. And you've always been true to your word. <laughs> always been true to my word. That's kind of like your main thing. Yeah, that's how I love <laughs> And so I met her for a drink and then I was like going to take an Uber or something to your parents' house, John. And John was also at his parents' house. It wasn't just like me staying there. <laughs> and she was like, I'll drive you because John, remember... You met her. Yes. In the driveway of my like childhood. Yes. <laughs> yes. I met Jenna Vanoy. And she might have given you one of her books. Remember, she had a bunch of books in the trunk of her car because she was promoting her book. Situation Momedy. Situation Momedy. Yes. Jonah. Yes. Really good memory. <laughs> There's a second one now too called Situ... I can't remember exactly, but we're going to have her on our podcast soon. So we'll get all the deets. <laughs> Not to brag, John. We're so happy that you're here, Chow. But yeah, so you met Jenna Vanoy. She dropped me off. And then we proceeded to just have a sleepover. Giggle. 
Yeah, it was really, and you stayed in my sister's room. Yes. It was very sweet. You were kind of becoming the like sister archetype for me. (laughs) And my parents were absolutely head over heels in love with you. They were so freaked out. (laughs) (laughs) They were so sweet. And they made us an incredible, would you call it a frittata the next morning? It was probably a frittata. That's a classic for my mom. It was like a casserole, maybe yeah. more of an egg casserole. Oh, I bet I know. It's like my mom's kind of like cheese, egg, souffle. It's like cheese, yes. egg, sausage. It's very good. It was delicious. Yeah. It was really great. Did she do her yogurt parfait like in a thin stemmed wine glass? <laughs> oh my God. If she did and I'm not remembering it right now, how freaking rude of me. I, uh, no, no. I, but the souffle was like fantastic. I just remember that being like delicious. She'll freak when she hears this and she will get the Google alert and she will listen. <laughs> Vanessa, do you want to introduce today's guest? Yes, I do. But John, first I want to ask, do your parents also have a Google alert on you? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. They see all. So does my brother, I think. Well, he can answer that for himself. (laughs) I have Google alerts on both of us. And on John. Good. Thank you. Well, now I'd like to introduce our guest, who needs no introduction, but... I will. Our guest today is an unbelievably brilliant comedian and actor. You may know him from his incredible dancing on Wet Hot American Summer 10 years later, or his series 555 with Kate Berlant, or his starring role as Elliot Goss on Search Party, or his episode of The Characters on Netflix. Please welcome. (laughs) Please welcome our dear friend. John Early. Hey everyone, it's John Early. <laughs> and a one, and a two, and a three, and a <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. If we just take a couple more swings at that Bonnaroo story, I feel like we're ready for the moth. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to overthink it or like plot it out, but I do just if a couple more passes and then I think it'll be good to go. In perfect shape. Yeah. I mean, that was a really fun festival that we were all at together. It really was. I feel like I haven't done anything like that in so Did long. Did you watch any of the bands, John? Do you remember that? God, no. I am so out of touch with music. I'm sure I looked the roster and nothing even compute. Like I maybe we did see some I think we saw like LA Goulding or something. Yeah, yeah. I think she was there. <laughs> what did she sing? Oh. I can't sing it right now because I don't know any of the words. Yeah, yeah. But she sang like I had a mason and my soul just went over them. Just out of my son, baby. Wow. Sorry, do you like how I was like, I'm not going to sing it? And then I like <laughs> went on for 20 minutes. Right, and here we go. <laughs> I don't remember a lot of bands, but no. Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam. Yeah, obviously Pearl Jam. Incredible. Dead and Company played, I think, like four hours at. You know who else was there hanging out was Chance the Rapper. He was like around. So I assume he was performing. Oh, now I remember. And Jonah, didn't you feel like we had a real like friends vibe? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. With Chance. Not to brag. We should have him on this podcast. I think like it seems like I make it up, but I'm always like, yeah, he and I are friends. (laughs) I mean, we're not friends in the sense that we like text. But I would say that Chance the Rapper and I are friends. You could ask him. Have you talked to him since that Bonnaroo? Yeah. Okay. Because he came on SNL. But <laughs> so he came to your work. But I really have always really gotten along with him when he's been on SNL. And I think if you asked Chance the Rapper, are you friends with Vanessa Bayer? He'd go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was some like artist barbecue yeah. that I remember. And I saw Chance the Rapper talking to Michelle Williams from Destiny's Child. And that to me was like the big, that was my big celeb sighting on that whole trip besides you Vanessa oh my god but I remember like reaching for like barbecue and trying to like kind of 
rattle my like artist bracelet (laughs) so that it would like catch Michelle Williams eye and she would know I was a performing artist oh my gosh you know who else performed our recent guest Ben Gibber from Death Cab because they were there that's right with those NBA players we saw them there right yeah 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 it's like real eclectic had you been to Bonnaroo before kind of coming from that area John or no never 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 it's a couple hours maybe almost three hours away from where I grew up okay and again never music I just didn't even coming from Nashville, just never like my house is always like silent. And then I'll remember that it's an option to fill silence with music. <laughs> like once a year, I remember that. So the house that I stayed at was not your childhood house from growing up, right? Wow, Vanessa. <laughs> it seems so much closer. I'm pretending to be really dramatic here. This is a dramatic detail of my life, but I promise you the wounds are not fresh. Because it was redone. It was redone. It burned down, Vanessa. My house burned down when I was in fourth grade. Right. I need that. And then we rebuilt that house. And then it was basically, it was like too intense for my family continuing to live in that house. And so we moved to the one that you saw when I was in high school. Okay. So I would say a lot of kind of formative sexual experiences took place in that house, but it wasn't my like childhood, childhood house. That's what I remember about it. I remember you being like, we moved, were you in high school when you moved to that house? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, this sounds familiar to me because I think we might've talked about this on the search party podcast that you two did that I produced. Yeah. It Mm. sort of feels like I should remember all of this and I'm kind of a bad friend. I like to trot this detail out a lot. Because I feel like you were talking about like kind of milking it at school and stuff, being playing it really sad, but you weren't really actually that upset. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I was very young. You didn't hit as hard. Yeah. I'm remembering this now. You were like, you didn't have to take care of it at all. Your parents. (laughs) Exactly. My parents had to do all like the like horrifying like insurance logging of everything that was lost. And I was at school receiving like toys from friends (laughs) so you weren't like a big music household like what were you into like were you into like tv or movies or comedy you know all the above i was like very obsessively into you know i had my rituals of like friday nights renting my mom would go grocery shopping she dropped me off at blockbuster i would spend like you know an hour and a half scanning the entire selection and like making a list in my head picking the sacred one at the end and then getting like a foot long Italian BMT from Subway (laughs) and then just like going like unwrapping the sandwich in front of the movie of my choice like it it was the god I mean and and also you had to commit to a choice back then I'm sorry and not to be annoying but it's like it was heaven to be locked into a choice once you left Blockbuster even a bad movie you still had to surrender to a bad movie whereas now you can always just jump ship yes Totally. Two seconds into a movie, just jumps it. And it's it's really, it's a lost ritual. I agree with that. I think Thank that's you. totally true. If you vote for me, <laughs> I'm going to abolish streaming. Oh my God. Yeah, it's my Incredible. platform. That's so brave. Thank you. It's clear that you've like watched a lot of films and TV and stuff because <laughs> I feel like your comedy is so like, you observe such funny things about oh my characters God. and stuff and you're able to bring them out. And I also just want to say like, You're so funny, John. Like, I just feel like, let me do this. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I just feel like you are such a true, brilliant talent. And like, it's really like interesting now because I feel like I've known you now probably for like, I don't know. 10 years or something like I think we met at a different comedy festival comedy festival we SXSW sweetie yes (laughs) South by Southwest Gwen was also there that's where I met Gwen that's where you met Gwen yeah and that was where I first saw you do stand up and I was like oh my god this guy is the funniest guy in the world I feel like um 
now it's like you're so famous. The world, <laughs> the world has figured it out, and you're so like beloved. I would say like one micro neighborhood in Brooklyn has figured it out. <laughs> I don't think that's true. I feel like that's everyone's sweet. like, well, if we could get John early. Oh my god! And I'm being a producer. I love that. And a director. The offers aren't coming to my email. <laughs> okay, I'm not seeing that. Well, I'll talk to the business, not to gush, but just like some collection of like your. All your experiences have just created this like super comic. Vanessa, right back at you. <laughs> Everything I'll say after receiving that will sound insincere, but you know, I think you're like the funniest person on planet E. <laughs> Earth. <laughs> no, you know what? I did spend a lot of time just kind of marinating in movies, watching yeah. a lot of movies and obsessively and, you know, and, and TV too. I just, it feels so trite for a gay man to say, but I just did really like, I was obsessed with funny women and yeah. Just watched a lot of I Love Lucy and a lot of SNL, honestly. Like, yeah, duh. Right. But I would like, yeah, I would, I would record SNL off of like the reruns off on E. Right, right. Remember when E did like hour long kind of truncated episodes like every day? Yes, yes. I would record. I had hundreds of tapes. Wow. Every woman on SNL, basically, I was like, was my religion. I had a Sherry Cherry website. Wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, like a fan site? Yeah, a fan site for like a year. Okay. Like what was on it? Like like photos or like... Like her headshot. Nice. And then like a link to her IMDb, basically. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> but you need that. You know, <laughs> if you're a fan, you need that like kind of communal space just to look at her picture. You were really ahead of your time too because Thank you. now websites are huge. <laughs> <laughs> It was one of the first websites. <laughs> and with that, we're going to take it an inertial break. And we'll be right back. Let's on early. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And we're back. John, I had a question for you. Yeah? If you don't mind. Go for it. About Search Party. My wife, Vicky, is like really into fashion, and obviously you have all of these outfits on the show I don't know a lot about fashion and my wife would be like knowing who all these designers were she was like oh this is like a really famous designer this like how did the wardrobe worker do you know a lot about fashion or was that like high fashion stuff or because I think it was kind of lost on me no it was really high fashion stuff from the beginning and I didn't know any of it okay any of it like I had one talk with the costume designer Matthew Simonelli who's really a genius he really really is I don't know he just totally understood the line of like kind of cartoonish for all four of us I feel like yeah but then also some like nice kind of real detail I don't know he just was really brilliant but we had like one conversation about it in the very beginning like after the pilot because the pilot, we're like all wearing our own clothes and we look awful. <laughs> and then because it was so cheap before we shot the first season, I was like, the only thing that comes to mind is just like Edie Monsoon from Absolutely Fabulous, Jennifer Saunders. Because like that made sense to me is like the way she just layers all that wealth on her. Right. And it doesn't really look good. Right. It's like really everything is like a thousand dollars plus and they're all just kind of like awkwardly like layered on each other so and he totally understood that and and then he just took it from there and he got people to give like the most expensive thing everything i wear on that show was like at least three thousand dollars like all together it was crazy wow and he was borrowing it i'll never understand i'll never i don't either because i would go can i keep this and they'd be like no because we're borrowing it and then when it was all over they did let me keep some stuff. Well, because a lot of times they'll be like, we have to give it back. But you're like, but you altered it for me. So how do you? Right. I know y'all altered it for my ass. You know you altered it for my ass. <laughs> <laughs> they have to take out a lot because I have a butt. Okay. <laughs> and Vanessa's always known that about me. I've always known that. This is one of the first things I learned about you. I think that the job of being like the costumer, like the head of the wardrobe department is so hard because it's like you're trying to express like the characters with your like through your job and trying to like differentiate between characters. I mean, you were so perfectly done in that show and it was so great. And that's all. And that's all. I was just going to also just say that like for my character and my show, I love that for you. Streaming on Showtime, (laughs) live on Showtime on Sunday nights, but probably by the time this podcast comes out, it might be the finale. So streaming on Showtime and wherever you get your show time. But for my character, Joanna is making her way and just kidding. But what if I just did this all the rest of the episode about my show? But it deserves it. It's so good, Vanessa. You're so good. Thanks. But I mean, that's like, like, it's so not true, but it's so sweet. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually nice to be honest about it. You know what I mean? Well, I I mean, like people should watch it because it it is. But 
I remember like we have this incredible costume designer, Imani. And I remember she would like put me in all of these looks that looked like really put together. And I was like, my character would never like exactly know how to like put these things together, like yeah. mix patterns and stuff. Yeah. She was kind of like, well, it's TV. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> like it's fantasy. Like it can be a little. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's more fun to watch on TV when someone has like a cool outfit on. You don't really question it and you don't really go like, oh, that person would never know to put that top with that skirt. Like yeah. in, at the beginning, that's how I was doing. I was like, well, she probably she wouldn't like know where to get this or she wouldn't know to put this with this. Yeah. And she was like, let's just. And then it like all looked so fun together that I was like, oh, I guess that's. Yeah. Not everything has to be like exactly as it would would be in real life. Totally. In the case of your show, it's like, it's so ne- the QVC world is like candy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, right, right. so it's like, it makes sense that it like looks good, but I'm the same way where I'm always like shooting myself in the foot a little bit where I'm always like, I think actually it would be like hideous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm always like, I think he's like a disgusting slob. Yeah. <laughs> so something yeah. maybe too tight in the pants kind of have the belly hanging over. And they're like, oh, okay. I'm like, yeah, no, this is so funny. And then I'm like in the dressing room sending pictures to all my friends. Like, isn't this hilarious? I'm like, oh my God. And then I watch it and I'm like, John, (laughs) why did you do that? I know. (laughs) It always happens because it is always funnier to be like a fucking slob. Right. Speaking of that, like how long did it? And this is my last search for a question. I'm just such a big fan. How long did it take you to do the makeup when you're playing that scientist guy on the show? (gasps) Well. You know, it was like, you know, five hours or something. It was really intense, but it was only two. They shot that character out in two days. So it was just, oh, wow. I only had to do it twice. Okay. That was heaven on earth too. <laughs> just heaven. Also, this was not your first foray into heavy makeup. You also famously played an alien or a... Oh, in Men in Black. In Men in Black. Oh yeah. I was cut from Men in Black 4. <laughs> But you had a lot of makeup on in it. Kate and I played Kate Berlant. We have a comedy special coming up on Peacock called Would It Kill You to Laugh? June 24th, Peacock. June 24th? It's coming out so soon. I know. It's crazy. It's so soon. We just finished editing it. But she and I were cast in Men in Black as like an interspecies. Like she was human. I was alien. And we had like a kind of speakeasy where like it was the Men in Black 4. And there was like, I never saw it. (laughs) I don't know her. There was some sort of kind of thematic through line about like immigration, but like using aliens, you know, so it was like we had got it. It was like in Trump era. And so they were. It sounds topical. It was very topical and such as. But we were like we own this club and like we're like all the aliens and humans can like commingle like in peace. And like we did. I'm like orange and I have like horns and like it's so funny. And then we were cut. I mean, there's no story. It just, we were there for so, we were in London and we could feel it. We knew as we were shooting, we're like, no one thinks this is funny. Like, and we thankfully never had to shoot a scene that was like a really dramatic scene where like the police came and like took me away because I was like undocumented. I was an undocumented alien. Oh my God. Oh my God. It was wild. And and we were like dreading shooting that scene because it was truly like, don't take him. It was like truly dramatic. There was nothing funny about it. And we were so scared of doing that in alien makeup. So they only had you shoot part of it and they just... They only had to shoot part of it. And then we like stayed there for like 10 days. And then they were like, you guys can go home. We were like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> and we never shot the other scenes. We were like, we blew it. It sounds like they blew it. Thank you. I didn't know there were four men in blacks either. That's Oh, yeah. Tessa Thompson, <laughs> yeah. 
Emma Thompson. Okay. They're all in that last one. Men in Black International. Yeah, that's what it is. I guess it's not called four. I don't know when the next one will be, but I think we'll have to wait. <laughs> so, John, you had a topic today. Yes. That we definitely want to discuss. Vanessa remembers this very well. I don't remember as well, but maybe this will jog my memory. See, this makes sense to me. I feel like we can unpack why it is you don't remember it. Okay. Because the topic is ab machines from the 90s. Yeah. And I would say, like, I'm actually talking like really late 90s. And very early 2000s. Can I just kick it off? Yes, please. Okay, okay. Stop me if you had a whole spiel that you practiced for hours. This is what we want. We've never really connected about this because I under... Like, your show seems very personal to me. It does seem like it's coming... You must have actually loved QVC. Yes, very much. Okay, that's... So it's real. Okay, yeah. I didn't watch QVC, but I did watch just infomercials generally. Yes. Yes. Like I loved infomercials for some reason. I felt so soothed by them. Yes. And I specifically was, this was of course in my adolescence around the time where culturally we were obsessed with the midriff. Right. And it was like low rise jeans. It was Britney. Yes. Britney. A hundred percent. Everyone had really like, I mean, it's criminal. It's crazy how low. I agree. It's crazy. It's it's actually quite disgusting that we were making like young girls wear like, I mean, it's insane. I mean, I guess I was a teenager, but like being an adult and having that be a trend, mm-hmm. like how would you ever... It's just them also like the most unflattering, hardest style to wear. You literally can only pull it off if you're like... If you, I don't want to say this word. It's so gross. I'm not saying it. It's so gross. But like, there's like a horrifying, <laughs> there's a crass word, you know, the lines that are formed, you know, yeah. next to the abs. Well, let's just say if you have washboard abs. Washboard abs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like, I feel like it was a very ab focused time. And, and yeah, girls like would wear like shirts that stopped here. Right. Under the breasts. And then their pants started like at the pubic bone. Yes. And then at their lower, lower back was a tattoo of a butterfly and you could see it. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then you could expose the belly button rings, any sort of belly button art. Yes, exactly. But also like this was very, an image that comes to mind immediately is like Justin Timberlake and Aaliyah and Lance Bass <laughs> on some Entertainment Weekly cover. And I was an Entertainment Weekly subscriber as a kid. Like I got it, you know, weekly, naturally. But I was like religiously reading Entertainment fifth grade through eighth grade. And like, I remember that cover of like Justin, like pulling up Aaliyah's shirt. Or no, he's like pulling up his shirt. She's looking at his abs. Like, it's like, it was just a very ab centric time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know what else to say, but like that. So I was very haunted by that. And, you know, therefore, like spent so much time thinking it was like absolutely hideous for not having like <laughs> washboard abs and so my like love of my like habit of watching infomercials plus the abs the cultural obsession with abs i think really the intersection of that was an obsession with these ab slide machines there was the ab slide machine and there was the belt that my mom actually i got the ab slide which was like seemed like more of a kind of proper healthy kind of like gym equipment yeah. thing. You know, like it was like, it's actually like, it's real. Like you roll out, you're on your knees, you're holding the handlebars, you roll out and then it creates all this tension and you like roll it really slowly back in. I saw that, yeah. Did you ever have one? No, but it seems like what it is is there were like machines in the gym 
that basically did that. And this was like sort of like like a smaller, for lack of a better word, mechanism that you could like roll, like almost like the size of, it's just like the size of like a little box. Yeah. Like, like a, a um, like a toaster. A toaster. <laughs> and because it's like not connected to anything else, by the way, it's like really easy to hurt your back on it. Cause you like, oh, I bet. you will often go, you'll go like roll out, roll out, trying to get to the edge before you pull it back in and you just fully, like fully give out, you know? Ugh. But so I had one of those and then the moment where it actually turned like sick is when I asked my mom based on an infomercial I was watching to buy me the belt. Yeah, the belt. Yeah. Did you have one of those? No, but I always was so curious about it because it always felt like too good to be true that you could just put this belt on. It would like vibrate on your waist and all of a sudden you would like get really strong abs. Yeah, it's literally electron. It's shocking you. It's shocking. Did you ever get one? Yes. And this is what's so crazy to me is my mom just like, I don't hold this against her at all. Like she bought them for me. Yeah. Yeah. She was not in. I mean, I think she did it kind of like curiously. She was not like she was like, I want to be clear. My mom was not like just a few more pounds, John. You're almost there. (laughs) Like she didn't care about the way I looked at all. Like I think she just thought that I was like had these weird little TV obsessions and she would just kind of like. I don't know. I don't know. But she got me the ab belt. That's so nice that she did that. I mean, they were came with gel. Sorry, you go. Did anyone else in your family use it? No. Just you. <laughs> Wait, what did the gel do? The gel prevents you from getting like burnt. It almost feels like it's like um is it a is it a um like an ultrasound? Like yeah, like an ultrasound or like a There's like an EMG EMG EKG, EKG. EKG. I just got yeah, one of those. where they like put that gel all over you and then they like shock you. And it's really <laughs> fucking painful. But it, those are supervised by a doctor. And this is like coming in a box for like nine ninety nine. <laughs> I was just like fully left alone. And I would take the gel, like rub it all over your stomach, hoping, praying that you're not missing a spot. And then you put the <laughs> ab belt on. And then the whole thing was that you could watch TV while working out. And was it painful? It was painful if you missed a spot with the gel, it would like truly feel like your skin was being electrocuted. <laughs> and you would also like literally just electric. You, you would have like muscle spasms in your abs. Like they would induce muscle spasms. Right. And then the idea was that that was like similar to doing a crunch, but that's not true at all. Like what <laughs> makes a crunch a crunch is like the resistance, like the weight of your own body. Like this is just like having an, and then also you would take it off and sometimes it would keep spasming your muscles. But do you think it worked? No. <laughs> now, did I use Use it enough, either one of these things. To know for sure. To actually know. I'm sure if I had used the ab slide more frequently, I would have. But the, the reason why I went to the belt was because the ab slide was too hard. The ab roller is different from these machines. And that's what we had, Jonah. And you don't remember it, I don't think. We had one at our house growing up. It was in our parents' room. It was purple. And the ab roller was this thing where basically... It was like this curved thing and you kind of like laid down in it. It basically supported your neck. Mm-hmm. It supported your neck and it was like hard. To, it, it was just this like curved thing. And you basically put your head and like your arms in it and you used your arms to like push up so that like there was no. It would help you do a sit up or something, basically. It would help you do like a crunch without putting any pressure on your neck. The whole thing with the ab roller was that like and I just watched like an edited down version of the infomercial for it. But the whole thing was that like when you do crunches, you like pull your neck up a lot. Mm -hmm. So this thing, there was like a little cushion thing for your like a thing that you rested your head on. I can't think of a way to describe the shape of it. It was just like this curved thing that you like put your upper body into. It was very basic. I'm making it seem more 
advanced than it was. But it was like you basically used your hands and your arms to like lift up so that you didn't have to use any of the muscles in your neck. Got it. Got it. I see. So wait, who would use it? You would use it or mom would use it? I would use it. I think mom. I I mean, I think this is similar to the situation with John where I'm pretty sure it was me who like really wanted it. And then I'm pretty sure I'm the only one who used it. Now, why it was in mom and dad's room as opposed to in our in our like family room, probably because something having to do with our cat or something like mm-hmm. I don't I don't know exactly why but actually you know what I think it was I think the appeal behind a lot of these machines is that you can use them while watching TV exactly and our parents had a TV in their room and I remember it was right in front of their TV there you go I could use the ab roller and watch TV and this was like that kind of like convenient exercise equipment does seem I mean, I guess that's probably, I'm sure that's still going on. Yeah. But I do feel like culturally there is actually much more kind of, there's like CrossFit and stuff. I feel like exercise is actually like hard again or something. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's cool for it to be like intense again. Like Peloton feels like very intense and like yeah. Soul Cycle and CrossFit. Like it used to be, I feel like for decades and decades and decades, all about like, you know, that like the old school, like 50s one that like the leather strap like shakes your butt. Yeah, yeah. It used to all be like, you can do this while doing this. There was such a thing of like, I feel like they tried to do this thing in the 90s where they were like, you cannot diet and not work out and still lose weight by these <laughs> yeah. like things that trick you. <laughs> yeah. And again, and I brought this up on this podcast before, something that I wish they had kept going was wow chips. What are wow chips? Wow chips had a lester in them. And so the fat was too big to be digested by your body in them. No. So they would just give people terrible <laughs> diarrhea. They were made by Lay's. That you but did ate. they quell your hunger or whatever the word is? They were. I mean, they like you thought you were eating chips. They filled yeah. you, I think, the same amount that chips would fill you. Yeah. So you might want to eat like the whole bag, but you'd be like, that's OK. But if I eat the whole bag, it's going to be shooting. I'm going to be up late tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Crapping. But yeah. like it was like a thing where it was like instead of just not eating chips, you can just eat chips. But you're just gonna get to like, like yeah, all yeah, this yeah. Stuff. It was like <laughs> it was like you can just live like a normal person's life and not do anything, but like use these like appliances or eat these things, yeah. and like they're either gonna like I don't know. But I do believe that the ab roller. I was watching the infomercial again last night, getting ready for this, and I was like, I kind of want to get another one. Well, I went to a gym like in like 2016 for like a week. It was legit. And they had them. They had this thing, the roller. For the listeners at home, I'm using my two fists. They had the one that you had, like without, like not on the machine, just like the freestyle. And it was even less complicated than the one that I bought. Because obviously, too, for the infomercials, part of the appeal is that they're designed kind of in like a spaceshipy Jetsons way. Right, right. Or like those old desktop Apple or like Max, you know, yeah. like, like the orange, yeah. like backing plastic back, like things looks like that. So like, but no, now at this gym, it was just like, it was like a stick and a hoop. Like it was like so lo-fi and it really worked. You know, it makes sense that I would not remember the ab roller because when I was like 16, I was probably playing guitar into punk rock. This is probably like the last thing I would be interested in in the world. Exactly. I feel like it wasn't marketed towards you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think. <laughs> well, the other thing is like the thing that Jonah did that was like the thing that like still people don't understand is like the key to like being a thin person is like Jonah would only eat until he was satisfied and then he'd be done eating. And like we could all like not have an ab roller, not eat wow chips. I know. 
No, I. This is so common with straight boys, honestly. Yeah, is it really? <laughs> like, yeah, I've and just like kind of. And this isn't obviously universal, but like I, I, I have known a lot of straight men who like don't have a kind of emotional relationship to food. They're just kind of like that's how Jonah. Yeah, is. you're just kinda sorry, like, yeah, Jonah. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> like I'll have a little rice. Like I lived with this straight guy for like seven years in Brooklyn, a, a dear friend of mine, and he just would be like, it was like rice and some butter. <laughs> Just like didn't he didn't need it to be like an event, whereas I'm like, it's dinner time. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like what are we going to do tonight? And I'm like thinking about it all day. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, it's such an event for me. I don't know. And for him, it just was like it was just something he would do. He would just kind of like eat a few bites and then be done. And he was real thin and rock hard. I feel like Jonah, not to speak for you, but like you enjoy really good food, but you're not like thinking about it all the time. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I mean, although I was thinking I did have to do buns of steel in my high school gym that's class. Right. Which we talked about on the podcast. I was in a class called body fitness and me and one other. It was the only gym class Jonah could get into. And it was mostly with women from my grade. I tried to do weight training. I was like a senior. I was in like this class with these all these eighth grade girls doing buns of steel and step aerobics. Was it so much fun? No, I I hate, I mean, everyone in the class was very nice, but I really didn't like the teacher because I tried to get out of it and do like weight training. And they were like, no, you have to do this to graduate. And it was like, I felt like it was like, really, I remember talking to the principal about it and the principal being like, yeah, yeah like you kind of just have to do it. <laughs> like, you know, I had like, you know, like a beard and like, you know, I was just like, like piercings. Like I was like, it was really funny. Yeah, Jonah had to do buns of steel. I believe Gwen was in that class, right? <gasps> it's possible. It's definitely possible. Wasn't Gwen in it? Or maybe somebody, I thought Gwen was in it. But yeah, Miss Pignatello, who is famously kind of the least, I would say the least empathetic gym teacher. <laughs> To be. Yeah. But so that was my only real exposure to that world, I guess. And it came completely like out. Like trendy exercise. Yeah. But it was also weird. I mean, it was also like, I felt like even Buns of Steel was kind of like dated at that point. Yeah. Buns of Steel was dated in the 90s. This was like the late 90s. Buns of Steel is like Suzanne Summers. I think seems like it. Yeah. Like, well, the first thing of what we're talking about was the Suzanne Summers thing. The, yeah. What was that thing that she sold? Like the. the oh. Apparatus that was on all the time. That commercial. It was like a leg thigh master. Thigh master. Thigh master. Yeah. She like sort of started that whole trend. Yeah. And then came all the ab machines in the nineties. And I feel like Buns of Steel was kind of outdated in the nineties. But the thing that was really kind of on trend that I used to do a lot was go to the JCC. That's Jewish Community Center. For those of you, who I don't know, know Vanessa. Well, not for you, for our <laughs> listeners. Oh, hey guys. You don't know. <laughs> Hi, you guys. By the way, thank you, you guys, for listening. That's so cool of you. But I would go to the JCC and do step aerobics. And step aerobics was all the rage. Do you guys remember that at all? Of course. You step up on a step and you can use risers to make it higher. Of course. And that's real. I mean, that's truly just like getting... That's cardio. You're getting your heart rate up. Yeah, you're stepping up. That's no joke. <laughs> you're stepping up. <laughs> you know that... Jonah, I don't know if you knew about this. You probably missed this whole thing. There was a step class at the JCC with this teacher named Joe... And everyone was like so obsessed with it. And it got so popular that you'd have to get a number and like wait in line and make sure your like number made it in. And one time, Jonah, I'm not going to tell you who it was, but someone from your grade's mom didn't get a number. And she was so childish about it. She like came up to me and she said about like the woman who was like allowing people in. She was like, that woman's just got power for once in her life and she thinks she's such a big deal. She doesn't, she doesn't, she works here. She doesn't even have a real job. Like she was being like a little kid about it and I'll never forget it. I remember being like, 
oh my God, like your kids go to my school, like uh, grow up. <laughs> you know, like, I'll tell you after who it was. But anyways, well, uh, we got to go to break. But when we come back, we'll get right <laughs> back into who that was and some other extra stuff in terms of the rest <laughs> of the podcast. All right. We'll see you guys in a second. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And we're back. Oh, my God. Wow. For the folks at home, I saw the message from the producer that we were ready to throw to an ad break. So professional. And I was really fixated on, like, stealing it away from you guys <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> but do you want to do, like, an even more involved, we're back? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. You know, totally. Okay, great. <laughs> we're back, you guys. <laughs> Thanks so much for sticking with us through the ads. But, yeah, we're here. I'm here with my co-hosts, Vanessa and Jonah Bayer. So, yeah. Thank you so much, John. <laughs> we're just, we're thrilled to be here with you. And you are, and Lila's. <laughs> <laughs> Love you like a sister. So, I like, we can get into our third segment now, if you two are cool with that. 
What do you think? I'm ready to move on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I just want to say I'm so glad that working out has gotten extremely aggressive again. I'm glad it just is what it is. Yeah. And you either like have to jump on board and do it or not. Yeah. I, the in between, I think, is where you get it gets a little tricky. But I do miss wild chips. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. You two are both totally right. It's not about like how can I work out in the most lazy way possible now. Right. 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 Yeah. I'm sure there are versions of that floating around, but I don't know. I mean, there definitely is. I've seen something recently where it's like an office chair that's like, <laughs> you roll it <laughs> I should not do that with my back right now. But yeah, you know yeah, what I yeah, mean? yeah. Totally. Have you seen that? It's like for your abs, you're like taking work calls. <laughs> well, and there's also cool sculpting, which I've always been really impressed by. But I know what you're thinking, Linda Evangelista. Evangelista. We don't. No, don't do that, y'all. We don't F around with that. No. John, what do you think about standing desks? You know, for the viewers at home, the listeners at home, I've had two back surgeries in one year. <laughs> and so I am now like doing it all. I don't even use the desk that much. I'm sitting at a desk right now, but like I do believe sitting is really bad. Yeah. Sitting is just like truly bad for you. And <laughs> it really just, you compress so much. That's like where I had herniations in my lumbar spine. And like, it's from just like compressing like that. So like, Standing up is always more comfortable, and I think I should just do that. Yeah. 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 Standing desks are not a fad. They may seem corny, but they're like genuinely more yeah. ergonomic and better for your back. Cute. Okay. Okay. Great. <laughs> well, now we're going <laughs> to play a little game with you and do a little okay. segment with you. Cute. Okay. <laughs> Vanessa, Vanessa, you have to stop saying cute like that. <laughs> cute. Called... <laughs> Called change.dork. <laughs> change.dork. Okay. Do you do this every app? We do one of a few games okay. and we thought that you would like this one. Thanks. This game is otherwise known as let's make fun of people who don't understand how to use change.org. Because <laughs> we've found in our various podcasts that a lot of people don't go to change.org for like social justice. They go there because like they want to start a petition about something much more important and we just think it's very funny because we just know that the founders of to bring back like dead like me <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah exactly what is dead like me it's like an oxygen show or was that at netflix I think or lifetime i don't know i don't know hold on i have to look it up there was just something on change.org it's like it's so sad because like obviously the creators of it like wanted it to be this big social and it is like <laughs> they do a lot of yeah. good i'm sure but like i doubt it the last time i went there it was like congratulations like the Mexican chalupas back at Taco Bell or something. It was like, what was it? Jonah, do you remember? I the know. Mexican pizza was a big thing on change.org, bringing it back to Taco Bell. And it worked. Yeah. And it worked. They got enough signatures on change.org for it to I work. saw an article. They're like sold out everywhere. Like you can't even get one now. I just want to tell you all that Dead Like Me was on Showtime. Whoa. Just to bring it back Showtime. to I know. It. <laughs> I should have known that because my show, I Love That For You, is on Showtime, streaming, and on the channel. Watch it on your TV <laughs> or, or device, streaming device. Okay, so anyways, we're going to read three different petitions to you. Okay. Okay, we're going to give you the info for three different petitions. And at the end of this, we're going to each say which petition of these three we would sign if we had to sign one. Okay. I'll kick it off. This one's for you, John. It's called Bring Whataburger to Nashville. <gasps> this one has a lot of signatures, actually. There's 6,663 people have signed it. They're trying to get to 7,500. Oh, there's also a thing where you can direct it where you want the petition to go to. So this is directed towards a Whataburger. And I'll just read you. This is really long, but it just says, No Whataburger in Nashville. What a tragedy. Nashville took a survey back in 2015 stating a Whataburger location was a serious need. 
the desire of even one location in Music City is the salvation we are all looking for. We still don't have a Whataburger. What some of us have, a hungry vision of hope. Wow. <laughs> and it goes on. Whataburger's flying W flag was planted at the top of Mount Kilimanjaro in 2010. I believe now is the time to plant that bad boy right here in the Athens of the South. I mean, and this just goes on and on. This person wow. really wants a Whataburger in Nashville. John, what are your thoughts on this petition? What a burger are your thoughts? <laughs> I've never had what a burger. Okay. Because I grew up in Nashville. Okay. <laughs> sure, I traveled, but like I never had it. I mean, I think it was in Texas, right? I don't know. I've never had it either. I remember seeing one in Texas. I've never had it either. We definitely didn't have them in Ohio. I've oh, heard yes, it's Texas. really good. But Nashville's thing is like like the hot chicken and that stuff, right? Yes. We don't really have like I don't think we have any famous like burger traditions or like we just have your standard kind of fast food burger. But no, hot chicken was our thing. And it's so good. Do you think that what a burger would do well in Nashville as a local, as a native? I do. I do. Because we're missing that kind of like maybe I'm getting Whataburger wrong, but like uh-huh. you know how California has In and Out and Shake Shack. You know, like there's that kind of second tier. Yeah. It's fast food prices for the most part, but like it's a step up quality wise. Yeah. I don't think Nashville has that. Nashville has like fast food or it has like, see now Nashville is really like, you know, everything's in a jar. Right. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's like, and everything's pickled. It's like Brooklyn 10 years ago. There's lots of like really pricey burgers now. Right, right, right. There's there's plenty of burger fetishizing in Nashville, but they're really expensive. Yeah. So it would be nice to have sort of like a step above a fast food burger chain. But affordable and for the whole family. So it's got good marketing and packaging. And this (laughs) this survey is really almost like advocacy because it says, you know, I want to expand further awareness about Whataburger for Nashville. Nashville hot chicken is definitely a great thing, but there's plenty of room for Whataburger spicy ketchup. Okay. They're really thinking through it, you know? Yeah. They're getting me all worked up. Yeah. I feel ready to take to the streets. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. All right. Well, so this is like a pretty well-written, you know, I mean, maybe not the most important thing on change.org, but, you know, a well-written petition that has a lot of signatures. So that's definitely one to keep in consideration, even though that's one to keep in consideration for sure. Again, not exactly what the site is for, but yes, you know, let's keep it moving. Vanessa, do you want to read the second petition? Sure. Now, this person is petitioning. Maya is petitioning for a Scarface (laughs) video game. (laughs) 309 people have signed. She started this petition to Sega and also five other companies, including Capcom, <laughs> Activism Blizzard, Sony, Microsoft, and Ubisoft. So she's really covering her bases. She's kind of like casting a wide net, if you will. And I just want to read you a little of what she said. All of us who admire and support the excellent actor Al Pacino are here because we believe it is necessary and worthwhile to make a new video game about the history of Tony Montana before he became a drug dealer, his origin in Cuba, and history in general. We think there are quite a few details and things that we were not told in the film, as well as in the video game made by Sierra, quote, the world is yours, 2008. Technology has advanced a lot, as have video game companies. So there is a Scarface video game? (laughs) There is one, and she's still petitioning. (laughs) We need that the signatures reflected here do not go unnoticed, since they would be ignoring hundreds or perhaps thousands of clients who need this to be possible. Beforehand, thank you very much, Maya. Now, I will say it is hundreds. Her first guest was correct. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Again, 309 people. It looks like she started this petition nine months ago. Under reasons for signing, only one person responded and he said, 
we should have a Scarface video game by Ubisoft, which I don't know what that is, but it's obviously like a gaming Me neither. company. I've never seen Scarface. I never have either. Actually. But I just found out it was directed by Brian De Palma, right? Olivia, do you think that's true? Olivia, can you find out? <laughs> I've never seen it either, but it does seem interesting that she's petitioning for this, but there already is one. And this movie, correct, it is directed by... Brian De Palma. But it is interesting that she's petitioning for this, yet... Um, a video game already exists that came out in 2008, which is, again, like quite a while after it, the movie came out. So it seems like you would think she'd maybe be happy with that and kind of ready to move on. But video games have advanced since 2008. What's interesting is do you think she just loves a movie and is like, I love this movie so much. I want to be able to be like immersed in, in the character. Yeah. Is that because I don't I like a lot of movies that I don't really necessarily want to play a video game version of them. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. She's like. We think that there are quite a few details and things that were not told in the film as well as the video game. So is there a book that the film was based on or is it's it true? I think it's true. That's what I mean. <laughs> the book of life. You would maybe think, oh, she wants a new film that really has all the details <laughs> yeah. of the real person's life. But what she's asking for is a video game. <laughs> Yeah. She wants a video game with all the details, which is interesting. <laughs> like she's like, yeah. you know, it would be one thing if she's like, let's do a documentary about this guy because Scarface missed a lot of stuff. But she's like, no, let's do a video game. And I know I've now said that 20 times, but <laughs> I guess it's just because I'm kind of in disbelief. But it, to me, it seems more sincere. Her plea feels very urgent and sincere. The Whataburger, even though they're more successful, it feels slightly ironic. Like they know they seem aware that they're using the change.org in a kind of ironic, silly way. Yeah. She seems like it's like really feels like from the heart from her. Yeah. Well, I got to say that, you know, I got in a bit of a argument with some of the higher ups at Microsoft a couple of years ago who this petition is directed towards. I oh. remember that Surface Pro we got. We got these like tablets. Right. Vanessa got one and gave it to me. And I used it as like my main computer for years. And then yes, yes. it started working all weird where it's like the screen would move around and you had to actually like put it in the freezer because it would get too hot. And I went on Microsoft's site and I figured out their whole board of directors and I emailed everyone. No one responded. So, you know, the odds of someone responding to this change.org petition about this, I got to say, it's low because, you know, I didn't have enough juice to get even an away message from Microsoft. We have such little agency in this life. Now, Jonah, would you like to read the last petition? Yes. Okay. The last one is pretty simple, straight to the point. Mm -hmm. And John, really, really curious to hear your thoughts on this one. Okay. <laughs> it is called Putting a Blender on the Kitchen Counter. It looks like six people signed it. No, no. <laughs> They're trying to get to 100. It's directed towards home from this kid. I'm assuming it's a kid. And yeah. the whole thing just says, mom won't let me put a blender on the kitchen counter. Oh, my God. It's so cute. And then there's an update two years ago that says some uses for the blender on the tabletop. Blenders are simple and easy to use. Save money by making your own fresh food and drinks. <laughs> and then <laughs> there is... One comment, someone signed it. What do you think about this, John? Let's be honest. Counter space is a luxury not all of us have. Blenders mm -hmm. can be big. What do you think? It really, it's it's a kind of case-by-case -case basis. I think in this yeah. case, it sounds like they don't have lots of counter space. Right. Or maybe the mom is very like Joan Crawford and just like once it's super clean and just right. sparkling counter. You know, I leave my blender on the counter. Yep. Yeah. So do I. Okay. I think it's cute. I think it's cute to have appliances out. So I don't claim to know all the details of this boy's life. <laughs> I'm not Richard Linklater. <laughs> okay. But like, 
I really do. If this is like an aesthetic thing for the mom, I say leave out some essential kitchen appliances. It tells your guests that you are a cook, mm-hmm. that you're creative, you make food and and they're welcome here and they will be fed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like when kitchens are like totally like hides all the appliances and then puts out kind of decorative things in a kitchen. I don't like some fucking vanilla yeah. pumpkin candle and like, <laughs> you know, and then like a piece of coral, you know, right. <laughs> from the ocean. I hate that kind of kitchen. I would much rather see your appliances. So I'm with the kid. So you like a fridge that looks like a fridge, not one that looks like a cabinet or something? Yes, I prefer a fridge that looks like a fridge. Okay, fair enough. I also think like this kid is asking for so little. Like she could be, <laughs> it seems like a, or she seems like a really good kid. Yeah. And like, they're not asking for like- A video game. A Nintendo or, yeah, they're not asking for a video game. They literally just want to keep the blender out on the counter. And I just feel like, mom- do your kid a favor. Yeah. You know, and reward the initiative your kid has, you know, undertaken. Yeah. You know, like if he or she, you know, was brazen enough to make a change to org petition, why don't you go? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And say, if you agree to make fresh soups and juices. Exactly. That's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant parenting. Make your kid kind of live up to what they're asking for. And if they do, I can see both sides though. Cause the mom could be like, okay, now I got this blender here. It's unsightly. You know, this kid never uses it, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, I feel like we just got to know more, right? Right. We do need to know more. That's true. Well, that's for next week. That's That's for next week. week. Well, now it's time to vote. Time to vote. Just to recap, Whataburger in Nashville, Scarface, video game, or putting a blender on the kitchen counter. Which one of these are you going to sign? Whataburger because I'm starving. Okay. Jonah? This is a tough call. I am going to go with, I'm going to go with Whataburger also because I feel like... You'll pass through Nashville. I'll pass through Nashville. I like a good burger. I don't, I don't really play video games. The blender thing, I think it's good initiative, but it probably doesn't isn't going to affect my life so much. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with the Whataburger Nashville also. Vanessa, what about you? What are you signing? Controversially, I'm going to go with putting a blender on the kitchen <laughs> counter because I really like this kid's initiative. Okay. I think this is a good kid <laughs> and I want to support this kid. And I believe that he or she will make fresh soups, Mm -hmm. juices, and other foods and drinks. Gazpacho. So that's my vote. (laughs) All right. Well, that'll get that one up to seven votes. So it's well on its way to 100. Incredible. 7%. Now, John, where can people find you? (laughs) Where can people get John early content? Honestly, Peacock. Peacock? June 24th. I'll say it again. June 24th. Would it kill you to laugh? Starring me and Kate Berlant, directed by Andy DeYoung. It's a whole big batch of new sketches for y'all. Oh my gosh. We're really proud of it. Seriously, it's an hour sketch comedy special. We're really, really proud of it. I cannot wait for you to I see really it. I really can't wait to see it. I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. I'm so excited. Oh, and I'll just say there's a special guest star and her name's Meredith Vieira. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Peacock, June 24th. The incredible John Early, the incredible Kate Berlant, directed by the incredible Andy DeYoung, who did direct two episodes of my show as well. I know. And wow, wow, wow. Everyone's going to be talking about it. <laughs> Everyone's got to hear it. <laughs> and by hear it, I mean watch it. <laughs> well, that was really fun, Jonah. Thanks so much to John for joining us and to everyone for listening. If you enjoyed that, please subscribe to the podcast and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird, where we will discuss more stories from your childhood and cultural touchstones like ab machines from the 90s. Thank you guys for having Thank me. Thank you so much, yeah, John. Thanks so much, John.
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.